this is Deidre Crawford Greathouse, and you are listening to my friend Joe Taylor on Faith's Edge. What we found is when people had that epiphany, had that revelation, there was just this undeniable shift in their worldview. They began to see just people in a whole new way and just this increase of boldness and love and compassion to go out and actually not just receive the gospel, but be the gospel. Thank you to the very talented Deidre Crawford Greathouse for the introduction. Hi, welcome to the 71st episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. Today's guests are the founders of Invicta Entertainment, Doug and Tiffany Lively. They join us today to talk about their newest production, The Identity Project. Listen to this. Doug and Tiffany drove over 17,000 miles. They took numerous flights and visited 14 cities with renowned evangelists asking the single question, what happens when a person grabs a hold of who they are in Christ and who they were meant to be? According to Doug and Tiffany, they found the miraculous happens. Radical transformation occurs, the supernatural comes, and they become unstoppable. They begin to do what Jesus did. Tell us about Identity Project. So Identity Project's a documentary film where we spent uh, 15 months filming across the country, America, um, really asking a very simple question. Who, what, what is our simple identity in Christ? And what does that look like? We have over 3 billion Christians in the world with over 40,000 denominations. Christian, all. And yet, you know, what is this one defining thing that we're all supposed to hold? Um, so we picked a couple of evangelistic ministries um, to follow. And we didn't really focus on the ministries. What we focused on is the impact where once this sort of simple message of, hey, Christ in you is the hope of glory and you can go do what he did, what impact that had on the people. And so what we ended up doing is is filming really normal people doing extraordinary things and going through life-changing circumstances. How many people did you talk to? Oh, my goodness. We probably talked... We have 25 hours of footage... We probably talked to several dozen people, and out of all that, we probably have, you know, a dozen in the film. What kinds of people appear in the film? Are they typically well, are they well-known people, everyday people, or kind of a mix? Well, what we do is we use the, uh, what we would call a traditional minister to kind of set the groundwork or the context of the teachings that they're um, giving. And so... You know, the featured ministers are in the film. There's five of them. And they explain, okay, well, here's what the scripture says, and here's what we believe that we're teaching. Um, And then from there... uh, And and they're fairly well-known evangelists. Um, You know, Todd White, Robbie Dawkins, probably uh, some of them would probably recognize those those ministers. Um, But we didn't really want to the main focus to be about them. We wanted the focus to be about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Right. Why is it important to people for people to understand their identity in Christ? 
And why was this such a passion for you that you traveled to how many different? Yeah, 14 cities. 14 cities. and 17,000 miles. 17,000 <laughs> miles, 14 cities, and dozens and dozens of people. So why was it important for you to, to, to capture somebody's identity in Christ? Well, because I think that, you know, I grew up in the church. Um, I, I grew up, you know, with, I guess, a certain understanding of what it all should look like. And as, as I grew older and as I really began to encounter, you know, God, what I came to realize is this is not about any sort of a religion. This is about a relationship. So in that relationship, you know, we have this uh, thing called the Holy Spirit given to us. And, you know, I'd heard a lot about what the Holy Spirit's supposed to look like and how he's supposed to work. And we really set out to explore, well, you know, the work of the cross or the full work of the cross was an inheritance into a kingdom, a kingdom that wasn't supposed to be a answer to the world. It was supposed to be the answer to the world. And what I kept kind of seeing is in, the, in, in my experience in the church was there was a whole lot of proclamation without any sort of a demonstration of really a power that would draw people and not something they wanted, but something they really needed. So, you know, we set out to say, okay, you know, the Holy Spirit's supposed to be here alive in action. God's heart is big and full of love. But what does that really look like? And, you know, how fast can people get a hold of that? And, you know, in this evangelistic outreach, this is another reason we pick them, they teach um, what's called power evangelism you know, a simple coined phrase. Um, and so what they say that is, is an experience with the manifest power of the presence of God, the demonstration um, of signs, miracles, and wonders, and, and healing in prayer. So in, again, my experience, it was like, well, you know, I'd come maybe a long way, and I believe God could do all that, but could God really do all that. (laughs) And there is that, there is that chasm, I guess you would say, uh, in the Christian community about God doesn't work that way anymore. And right. Yeah. I just saw my leg grow. Right. That's right. And we, we did see a lot of legs grow. I have to tell you that. (laughs) Honestly, we did. So what did you find when, when, when you went to, so the, the idea behind the identity project was to, was to discover Christians' perspective on their identity in Christ. Mm. Is that accurate? That's pretty accurate. Okay. Yeah, I would say so that's What did you find? Accurate. I found that you, you, you really found a church or a group of people that had a huge wide spectrum of who they thought God was and who they thought they were supposed to be knowing that God Um, and that a true relationship or a believing in themselves being in a relationship with God at the level of what, you know, Jesus was, wasn't, you know, or what I've come to to call, you know, being a son or daughter of God, this God, there was just a big, like what you just said, chasm for the most part. 
And we found, you know, as more and more people would, would have this revelation and this understanding of seeing themselves from heaven's perspective, seeing who they really were, what Jesus actually paid for. It's not just a one-way ticket to heaven. Otherwise, you know, we get saved, we, you know, we, you know, we should be just beamed up to heaven. But walking out the fullness of what Christ paid for. And what we found is when people had that epiphany, had that revelation, there was just this undeniable shift in their worldview. They began to see just people in a whole new way. And just this increase of boldness and love and compassion to go out and actually not just receive the gospel, but be the gospel everywhere they went. And, And lives were just... I mean, just people would be wrecked, just totally wrecked for the Lord. I mean, they would walk and encounter people and just release his love in, in, in a way that was so tangible. You could sense the Father's presence, whether it was just someone, you know, just even receiving a hug or, or receiving a, a word of knowledge about that person that would, that was, you know, completely undeniable. Like, how did you know that? Like, how could you know that? Mm. It's like, well, it's Jesus coming to invite you into a relationship with him. Or it's Jesus coming to say, I love you. And I, I want to lavish my love upon you. That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where actually the worldview would shift. In other words, you know, again, where my, my maybe process was in kind of understanding all this what you can't do is, well, let me say, when somebody has an encounter with something that they can't explain, I'll call it a miracle. So nothing in the natural experience, nothing that they've you know, experienced in life so far has prepared them for this, what's just happened, a miracle. They get healed. They get changed. Suddenly, it's an undeniable world shift where they are confronted. They're confronted with what just happened. Who are you? You know, what's and, happening to me right now? And <laughs> what what we what we came to see a lot of the time is is the wide respect a wide spectrum of response. Just actually like in scripture, like there's shock. Mm. Sometimes there's like you know weeping, and you know, and then there's sometimes where you know they they walk away, like they're just dumbfounded. They don't know what to do with it. Right. Um, the follow through is naturally well, you know these people are saying, God just touched you. You know what? Jesus loves you. He's demonstrating that love for you. What were you, what are you going to do with that? Well, you, you can't control what they do with that, but what just happened is undeniable. You know, that's, that's, that's very profound, Doug. Uh, you can't control what they do with that. Mm. You can control bringing it to their feet right. and, 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 and showing them, the path that's very profound yeah. very nice so 14 cities yes 17,000 miles yes yeah. dozens <laughs> and dozens of people mm. right you got to have some crazy stories we have tiffany <laughs> um i think the one that really ha- touches my heart the most is and, and i've talked about it quite a bit um with other people is that there was this 17 year old boy who he didn't believe at all in the power of Holy spirit. 
you know, he did not believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were for today, that they passed away and they're, they're not relevant for today. But um, his mom encouraged him, you know, go out with these guys on the street. And um, and so we went out on the street and we um, we came across a deaf man. He was deaf and he was mute. And um, our good friend Robbie Dawkins kind of coached this kid through, you know, praying, laying hands and praying for this deaf man. And his ears opened up and he could hear. And I think what was, you know, I think the kid was way more impacted by the experience of seeing Holy Spirit and the presence of God show up for him and working through him to heal this man. And the kid was wrecked. I mean, he just couldn't, he, he was so humbled and so changed, like, wow, this is really real this can happen, this does happen, and not only does it happen, but Jesus just worked through me to impact this man. Wow. And so it was just, it was an awesome, awesome moment. Very cool. It's like, this is, cool. this is what it's all about. You know, he got it that day. He understood the power and the presence of God in him, working through him. So any times during this, uh, during this project that you just felt discouraged or felt like, God, what are you uh, doing with me here? What are we uh, doing here? I mean, I, I could um, be sitting yeah. behind a desk and <laughs> shuffling a paper. Uh, yeah, I think filmmaking, you know, when you do it as long as we have, you have your days where, I mean, it's, you know, 14 to 16 hours a lot of the time and yeah. you're traveling. And, um, you know, but I have to tell you, this time was different because my wife and I were working together. We were working on a project we really believed in and we, we felt called to do it actually. Yeah. And, you know, that can, uh, that just carries, that carried us, yeah. you know. And we have, we have four kids and yes. we took them out as often as we could. Sometimes we took all four, sometimes we took two at a time or one. And, um, but, but there are days, you know, that we're, it, it, it's, it was tiring and 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 a struggle to be, you know, a mom, a wife, a filmmaker, you know, trying to juggle all those things, but yet pressing through, knowing, you know, he he's there and he's providing and he has our back and and trusting, you know, Father, where do we go now? Where do you want us to head now? You know, and just yeah. continually prayerfully relying on him to show us and lead us. And when all is said and done. Um, when somebody's finished watching this film, how do you want them to be changed? Well, I hope that they are encouraged and inspired, and if nothing else, re, you know, reevaluate th- their life, you know, their spiritual life. I mean, that's really the goal and the hope. I, I can't, you know, there'll be plenty of people, we're sure, that are going to be looking at it and saying, this is silly, this is stupid, they're faking it, or, you know, I just don't believe in this stuff, but... You know, I can't control any of that. I, what, what, what our hope and prayer is, is, you know, we don't feel like what you're watching can, can be faked. And, mm-hmm. and that you will at least be open to saying, look, something, you know, who, who am I? Who does the scripture say I am as a Christian? As a Christian? Mm-hmm. And certainly if, if, you know, a non-believer watches it or somebody that's maybe questioning God or even the existence of God, 
I would still hope that they, you know, appreciate it as a film. Like these are real people, you know, believing um, in with all their heart in doing what they do and that, you know, what's happening is happening to them. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I I just would like to add, you know, the the hope would be that um, people would have a revelation of they are, if they're a believer, they are a son and a, or a daughter of the creator. They're not just a wretched sinner, but they are looked upon by the father as a son, as a daughter who adores them and loves them. And they, because of the inheritance of being a son or daughter of God, that they can do what Jesus did and came and paid a price for them to walk victoriously in freedom with the full presence and power and authority of Christ. And that for an unbeliever watching this, that they would recognize the love and the presence and power of God through the film and be changed or at least inquire more, say, Father, is this really real? Is this you? Do you love me this much? You know, it's, it's rare that you come across something that can be used as both a, a tool to help grow the church mm-hmm. and a tool to bring people to Christ. Yes. And it sounds like the Identity Project may be just that kind of tool. Yeah, that's our hope. That's, that's our, our prayer. prayer. Tell us about Invict Entertainment. This is your own production company, right? Yes. And yes. is this the first project through Invicta? It is. It's the the debut film of Invicta Entertainment. Nice. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Invicta apparently is the result of a a dream that you guys have carried around for 20 plus years, huh? Yes. Yes. And it's come to fruition. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Very cool. What does Invicta mean? Ah. Invicta is a a term, um, you know, when we were looking for a name of the company, we, we, Throughout and looked at many, many different things. But when we came across, we could Invicta, never agree. He would like yeah, something, we, I would like something, and we could never agree. But one of those. When things. we came across Invicta, uh, the word Invicta, and we looked up the meaning of it, we're like, wow, that's it. That's what we stand for. That's what we want to do and be. That's what he's called us to do and be in the earth. And that, and you know, victorious, unvanquished, uh, invincible. Uh, to subdue with superior force. And um, we just feel like we want to make such a difference in entertainment, in media for Christ, and to set a bar of excellence. Uh, to me, all that means more than conquerors. Yeah. And the Romans reference, and we're more than conquerors in him. Well, Doug and Tiffany Lively have gone 17,000 miles, 14 cities, mm-hmm. and talked to dozens and dozens of people to find out what is your identity in Christ. Mm. And this is an exciting project. Can we talk a little bit about your faith? Sure. Absolutely. And you guys can both answer these questions mm. or ham and egg it a little bit, decide who, sure. who wants to answer. But uh, uh, Doug, let's just start with you. Sure. Uh, how did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? Uh, I was raised in a really conservative denomination. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, it was a lot of Bible study. It was a lot of... Um, you know, here's how God works. Here's what God looks like. Here's what you need to do. And, um, but, you know, I think it was, I was a 10, 10 years old and, um, I, I, I really knew God. He was always my friend. I just had that understanding, a simple knowing. And, um, 
it was when I was 10, um, you know, I really felt like uh, I was led, my class was having a, a, a baptism class and they asked if, you know, who wanted to be baptized and I got up and I think I was the only one in my class and I walked across this field to the church to be baptized because, you know, I know I wanted, I know I wanted Jesus. I know I wanted Jesus in my life, you know, forever. So I would say that was the beginning. But as time went by, um, you know, everything that that kind of religion handed me um, in my understanding through, you know, kind of that structured, for lack of a better description, denomination, it all fell away. You know, it just became more and more empty. And I guess I realized, you know, um, my relationship wasn't, there wasn't much of a relationship there. And I got actually bitter in college through some circumstances that happened and um, kind of said, you know, I'm going to give the devil his due for a while. <laughs> and uh, I went off to Los Angeles. I worked in Hollywood for a while. And, you know, it, it, it was probably a fairly typical prodigal story. I, I had to spend time in the pig trough before I really, you know, got to a place where, you know, uh, this, is, this is crazy. This is just crazy. Lord, I'm sorry. Save me. And um, I, um, I met my wife. And, uh, you know, that's really where things began to turn around for me. And I began to look for God, not, you know, a group of people. Mm -hmm. I looked for a God and I wanted to know a God, you know, that was the God God that, that was intimately interested in my life. And that's when I began to have a relationship. And that's when, you know, I feel that, it all became, you know, a, a totally different experience for me. You know, it's interesting, and and uh, uh, as any every good wife will do, you you correct it, Doug. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not a god; it's the God. But yeah. you know, uh, I can tell you this as a as a recovering atheist, I just wanted a God. Mm. I just knew there was a God. I didn't know it was the God, mm-hmm. but a God. So there's some there's some truth to that, Doug. I, just, I'm looking for a God, man. I know that's out there, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But when the God showed up, it rocked my world, man. How about your, what, what, what about you, Tiffany? Yeah. What is your journey of faith? Um, well, I, I came from uh, a broken home. You know, my parents split when I was three. And my father and I wound up moving into um, his parents, my grandparents' home. And um, my father, he was a Christian, but he wasn't attending church, wasn't practicing his faith. And But um, my grandfather started taking me to church. And um, it was, I was seven years old when, um, when I gave my life to Christ. And I've always felt his presence in my life. I, I don't remember a time where I didn't feel him with me. And, um, you know, I was basically an only child and I would spend, um, just hours just either, you know, whether it was riding my bike or just playing and just communing with him and talking with him. And, you know, I just, um, you know, just have always loved him. I mean, ever since I can remember, I guess it was so that I came out of, that was, a denominational church at that time that I was going to. Then my father had a radical experience, a radical encounter with Holy Spirit. Um, 
uh, at a non-denominational church. And um, I was, I think, 11 um, when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and and started really walking in, um, you know, just praying for people, even at that time at a young age, didn't really know what I was doing. But, you know, I would, you know, my father, he, everywhere he went, he would talk to people about Jesus and, and pray for them. And um, so I've been kind of seeing the miraculous for quite a long time now. And um, so it's just, you know, it's been an amazing, so you, amazing journey. You, for, you came to... Um, you came to believe in Jesus Christ at seven years old. At seven. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a time where you questioned your faith or even the existence of God? Um, I think I question um, myself more so than God, like doubting myself and doubting um, really who I am at, at, at times. Um you know, thinking that I'm, I'm not necessarily, or used to think that I wasn't necessarily worthy of his love, worthy of his grace. Um, there was, you know, some abuse in my background. And um, so feeling sometimes uh, forgiven, you know, um, but as I've matured and, and certainly going through this, doing this project really solidifying in my heart, knowing and looking at myself through heaven's eyes, understanding I am his love. I am his grace in this earth. You know, I represent Mm. his love and he sees me as love, that that's how he sees me. He sees me as love, not necessarily. He doesn't see me for weaknesses that I might still have in the flesh. Um, but he continually sees me as love and as grace and as peace in this earth. And my life hasn't always been peace, hasn't always been filled with love. What would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, mm. making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? Yeah. You don't have anything to lose but everything to gain. I would say to them that, you know, I don't personally want to live in this world if you know there's not a god and a purpose behind it i don't um i just believe that there is simply too much uh absolute proof that there is a god and that god is very intentional in wanting you know everyone to come to know him that if you don't believe and if you are on that edge just ask you know the one amazing thing um that i've discovered with him is he is more than happy and willing to show up it's just ask and it's as simple as all right jesus if you're real show me just show me god is more than happy to show up And it sounds like he showed up in the Identity Project with Doug and Tiffany Lively. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank you. you. God bless. God bless bless you. you. You can find out more about Doug and Tiffany Lively and the Identity Project at InvictaEntertainment.com. 
That's InvictaEntertainment.com. This link, as well as all the other links, can be found in today's show notes at OnFaithsEdge.com slash 71. That's OnFaithsEdge.com slash 71. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Doug and Tiffany Lively for being with us today, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to the show. Remember, God is real. He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. 